Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every day, only about 13 minutes or so long, but that gets us into God's Word every day, and being that short allows us to work it into our busy schedules every day. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So it is really crucial that we stay in God's Word. We encourage you to share these short studies with everyone you can, your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day, to help them grow in their faith, to help them focus upon their soul's salvation, to help them get ready for eternity. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them. No question about it, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're in a very serious line of thought and study. We're talking about the state of our nation, of our culture, of our moral identity. We are in a state of moral decay. Well, maybe let, let me not say moral decay. That sounds like it's already over with. It's still happening before our eyes. We're in a state in our nation of moral meltdown, of cultural meltdown, because the culture of a nation is the mindset, the moral fabric of that nation. And so we see our nation going down the tubes morally on an ongoing and ever-increasing basis. Our state, our, our nation because our culture is our mindset, because our culture is our moral compass, our nation is in a state of moral decline, a cultural meltdown. From a spiritual, from a moral perspective, we're a nation in a state of chaos. How sad. We've been talking about what Jesus said as he addressed or lamented over the state of the city of Jerusalem, which was simply representative for the whole nation of Israel at that time when he was upon this earth. He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate." Well, substitute America, America for Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, America, America. Now, are we killing the prophets? Well, of course not. But we're trying to shut their mouths to a great extent. We're trying to, to handicap open and honest and straightforward teaching and preaching, standing up for the morals and the integrity and the godliness of our culture. We want to shut that down. We're, we're taking effective steps to silence, to a great extent, that kind of open teaching. It's really rather insane when you stop and think about it from a practical perspective. But we're doing that. We're trying to shut the mouths. We're trying to keep uh, prayer from being used in schools and school settings, school on school property, even if it's at a sporting event, even if it's at a graduation. We're, children are being challenged legally for bringing a Bible 
to into the school building with them and simply reading it during their spare time and their lunch hour. Now, what kind of insanity is that? What kind of absurdity? What kind of immorality? And so we're being told that we, we have to remove all semblance, all indications, all identities of God and Christianity from all government properties? What's behind that? I'll give you two words. The devil. The devil. Now, that would really upset a lot of people, but the reality is the reality. When Jesus said to Jerusalem, to the people of Israel at that day, see your house is, is left to you desolate, he was foretelling their spiritual desolation at that time, what they were really experiencing right at that moment, but also I think he was, he was pointing toward the ultimate destruction of Israel as a nation, and that happened within about 40 years. Jerusalem was torn apart by the Roman armies, and the nation of Israel ceased to exist as a nation for almost 1,900 years. In fact, in the very next chapter, chapter 24, Jesus foretold the destruction of Jerusalem and bringing an end to the nation of Israel. Let's talk about some of the wickedness some of the immorality, some of the un, uh, ungodliness that has become so prevalent within our nation. The push has been going in this direction for a great many years. It's become more and more successful to pull us away from God, to try to push God out of the picture, and to bring us more and more into ungodliness and have us accept in our moral cultural mindset as a nation that ungodliness is godliness, that unrighteousness is righteous, that immorality is moral. We've turned it upside down and backwards and inside out. Among the issues raging in our culture right now is that of abortion. In 1973, the United States Supreme Court ruled that abortion is legal a legal right under the U.S. Constitution. That ruling stood for these past 49 years. But just a few weeks ago, the current United States Supreme Court, looking at it from an analytical legal perspective, struck down that earlier ruling. Well, the original ruling, titled Roe v. Wade, set off a firestorm across the nation. Movements quickly formed on both sides of the issue, and those supporting the ruling adopted a basic statement that attempted to portray abortion in a sympathetic image as simply a medical procedure, a woman's right to choose. Now, a woman's right to choose what she does with her own body. That was the refined understanding of that statement. But the choice under consideration was always, always abortion. That was the choice in view. It wasn't whether she decided she wanted to have her ears pierced or whether she wanted to have a hysterectomy because of problems internally that she was experiencing as she aged a little bit. No, it was always, the choice was always abortion. The underlying contradiction 
is their purposeful silence on the fact that abortion terminates terminates a life of another body, that within the womb of the mother-to-be. Now, see, again, a woman's right to choose what she does with her own body. There's another body present within her womb, and they don't want to mention that. So it's just a woman's right to choose what she does with her own body, and that makes it sound reasonable, but they purposely leave out any mention of the other body, the body of the growing baby within the mother's womb. The current Supreme Court's reversal of the 1973 ruling has set off a a new firestorm. This time it's the proponents of abortion rights who are protesting, marching, demonstrating, debating, and pushing legal challenges. True moral principles come from God. We've been emphasizing that in this line of thought and study. True moral principles come from God and from God only. They're not communicated, or rather they are communicated to us as mankind through God's word, the Bible. Now again, we've got those influential movers and shakers in governmental circles and social circles and cultural circles that keep wanting to push God and the Bible and any mention thereof out of the picture in consideration of any of these moral issues. But that results in the devil moving in with all of his wickedness and immorality automatically. And we've emphasized that. Does the Bible say anything on the subject of abortion? As promoted, some could say marketed in our present culture, and I want, to under, I want you to understand that. Abortion rights are promoted But it's not just promoted. I think we could say it's marketed to a great extent in our present culture, largely as a birth control measure. Abortion is not specifically as abortion itself, the way we talk about it, the way it has become an issue within our nation, the way it is promoted. No, it's not mentioned specifically in Scripture but it is in principle. Why was it not mentioned specifically in Scripture? Probably because such a practice would not have been a familiar, uh, would not have been a familiar matter for consideration in the culture of that day. But the Bible certainly speaks of the principle of abortion in a more general frame of context. Purposeful murder has always been condemned by God. Always. The Ten Commandments are directly Addressing it, you shall not murder. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 13. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 17. And the New Testament scriptures are equally direct. Matthew 5, 21. Matthew 19, verse 18. Mark 10, verse 19. Luke 18, verse 20. Romans chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 29. And on and on and on. Is it proper to frame abortion as murder? Well, abortion advocates would shout, absolutely not, while those opposed to abortion would shout equally loudly, absolutely yes. Here's an obvious contradiction in the principle. A number of states have laws on their books that hold a person who murders a pregnant woman, thus causing the baby within her womb to also die, responsible for the death of both the mother and the child. Now, if the criminal violates the life of the child in murdering the mother-to-be, 
how can the deliberate act of abortion be reasoned as simply an act performed upon a woman's body? Do you see the contradiction, obvious contradiction? The two positions cannot harmoniously coexist. They are both violent acts. Abortion is a violent act upon the child that stop a beating heart ending an already existing life. That the baby has not yet been delivered does not change the fact that the life is already apparent within the mother's womb. The heart is already beating at a very short time after after the woman becomes pregnant. Just ask her if she feels her baby kick and squirm within her. That's life. Try telling a grieving mother who has lost her baby within her womb that her baby was not really a baby. It was just a mass of cells. We'll continue to talk about this as we bring this particular line of thought and study to a conclusion next time. Let's pray. Father, we have become so deluded as a people, as a culture, into not recognizing the danger that we have entered into by pushing you out of our mindset as a nation and then thus allowing the devil to move in to your place. Father, help us to see clearly as a people our need to turn to you, our need to rethink the self-destructive moral positions that we have let ourselves devolve into. Please help us. Please guide us, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. And hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.